0: Welcome in to the UGA Football Live podcast. I'm your host, J.C. Shelton, in partnership with UGA Wire of the USA Today's College Wire Network. What's up, everyone? It is National Signing Day in college football. The early signing period starts today. So that's Wednesday and stretches to Friday. It's a chance for recruits to sign their letter of intent early, which locks them into the school. Georgia has had an awesome day so far, and I will be breaking it all down with my main man, James Morgan from UGA Wire, our team's recruiting guru. So he'll join me for the signing day special a little later. Also, we'll talk dogs, win at Missouri, and what former Bulldogs balled out in the NFL this week. So, dogs in the NFL, and I update my picks versus the spread. That's on the way. But first, I want to tell you about UGAWire.com, our website covering UGA football for the USA Today. We are covering everything signing day related. So, visit us there to get caught up on where Georgia's 2021 recruiting class is and what recruits have signed with the Bulldogs already, who's on the way. All the information about signing day is up on our website right now. All right, so this is where we are at right now as of Wednesday afternoon. All rankings are via 247 Sports. The dogs have the number three ranked recruiting class in the country right now, the number two in the SEC behind Alabama. Top five classes are Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and Clemson. Right now our average per player grade is 93. It was 92 last year. 20 players have signed their letter of intent to become a Bulldog, so these guys I'm about to name are already locked in. They are dogs. So starting with the defense, three-star defensive tackle Marlon Dean, four-star outside linebacker Chaz Shambliss, three-star cornerback Javon Bullard, four-star cornerback David Daniel, four-star defensive tackle Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, four-star cornerback Nylon Green, four-star cornerback Kamari Lasseter, Four-star defensive end, Jonathan Jefferson. And finally, four-star linebacker, Jamon Domas Johnson. Then you add in probably the biggest defensive recruit in this class for Georgia, Xavier Sori, the star linebacker, five-star. Now on offense, we got Brock Vandegrift, five-star quarterback. Then you have five-star offensive tackle, Amarius Mims. Four-star tight end, Brock Bowers three-star wide receiver Jackson Meeks, three-star receiver Adonnell Mitchell, four-star offensive guard Dylan Fairchild, and four-star running back LaVessier Carroll. I probably messed up his name, but I'm sorry, buddy. That is currently Georgia's 2021 recruiting class. Them guys have signed. So, somebody to note, guys to keep up with. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins was the number one recruit out of South Carolina, and the Dogs managed to get him over Clemson, South Carolina. The dogs had four five-stars recruited in this class. That's Brock Vandegrift, Amarius Mims, Xavier Sori, and Smael Mondone. To help us break down National Signing Day in the Dogs' early 2021 recruiting class is UGA Wire recruiting analyst James Morgan. So I'm joined now by my main man, James Morgan, recruiting guru, UGA Wire. He follows all these guys, been following them for a while now through high school and UGA's had a good signing day so far. We're sitting here Wednesday evening. Uh, we signed 20 guys today. So James, I mean, what's your first thoughts you have for us about this class, this UGA class? We're sitting at number three in the SC- no, number two in the SEC behind Bama, number three overall.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, JC. Glad to be here. Um, you know, I think Kirby Smart secured another great recruiting class, and The main thing I look at is the gap between Georgia and the rest of the SEC East and Auburn in this recruiting class. You know, Florida had a solid recruiting class and they're going to continue to compete with Georgia, but Georgia's just got a huge gap between them and, you know, Auburn, South Carolina, they had a really rough class, Vanderbilt, you know, tough class. Tennessee had their hopes up earlier in the cycle and they lost a lot of their good recruits and you know, it's just looking like Kirby Smart and Georgia just going to have the most talent for years to come in the SEC East, and I don't see that changing anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. Just how dominant, especially when you look at, as you mentioned, Tennessee, who, you know, had some, had some movement in the right direction this offseason and kind of lost it as, as, as their season went down the drain. Is there anybody, before we get into guys specifically, that's left to sign? Um, I don't don't really have any names I'm
1: looking for at the moment. I think what Georgia is kind of going to do is they're going to see who's headed to the NFL. You know, right now we've got seven accepted senior bowl invites, and I think we're going to try to replace um, a lot of defensive backs. I think kind of, if you had to pick one area on the team that's in need, I would say it's safety. Um, So we're going to try to fill that void a little bit, but yeah, right now you know, we got really good linebacker depth and really good offensive line depth. And Brock Vandegrift, they should kind of shared things up at the quarterback position and with backup quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, that, that's mentioned there. Brock Vandegrift from Prince Avenue Christian, the five-star QB. We signed him today. So what's his rankings there? He's like, what, the number two dual threat QB in the class? the highest touted, you know, Georgia quarterback recruit since Justin Fields, but those two kind of stand above the rest as far as quarterbacks recruited in the last few years. You know, he's joined, of course, by offensive tackle, and we'll get into him, Ar- Amarius Mims. So he reminds me a lot of Andrew Thomas coming out. Uh, what do you think about him?
1: Yeah, I think Amarius Mims and um, the five-star offensive tackle we got last year, can, they can kind of be a duo, Broderick Jones. They can kind of be a duo similar to what Andrew Thomas, Isaiah Wilson were. Um, you know, they, they both have, you know, first round NFL draft potential and it should be a, another great class in the trenches.
0: Yeah. And I like uh, you mentioned it there a minute ago about our cornerback depth because we're going to be using what Tyson Campbell, um, Eric Stokes dj daniel too
1: yeah he gone yeah 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 they lost dj daniel accepted a senior bowl invite so he's gone Mm -hmm. um doke's probably going to go to the nfl you know, he's had a great season. I think he's got four interceptions, two pick sixes on the year. He's yeah. put together a couple of really solid seasons at cornerback. Um, he does have a fellow Covington, Georgia guy and Nylon Green coming in who could kinda of maybe take his spot. But yeah, Tyson Campbell, you know, that's that's one where he could he could definitely come back. You know, I don't think he proved that he's a first round talent this year, but next year I think he could do that if he if he puts it all together.
0: Yeah, so, but I, I like how, how many, sign, how many cornerbacks we've signed so far today. I mean, we signed three today and an athlete that could play their tight I mean, not tight end, cornerback or, our safety and uh, David Daniel, right? Yeah, David Daniel. Yeah, David Daniel's been with the class since the start.
1: And, you know, I think he's a good foundational piece. But yeah, Georgia's just adding a lot of solid defensive backs in this class. Kamari Lasseter, I think he was recruited by Alabama, LSU, and Florida. You know, anybody any defensive back who's got offers from those schools is a really talented guy and is going to be able to make an impact right away.
0: Who who would you say is the most you're most excited about signing? And who do you think would be the most impactful next year at their position?
1: Uh, Without a question, it's Brock Vandegrift, quarterback's the most important position in football. Georgia obviously had some quarterback issues this year. We didn't have the best of luck with Jamie Newman and the whole COVID thing. And JT Daniels being out for most of the season wasn't ideal. And I think it'll be good that Georgia can kind of try again with an elite five-star quarterback recruit like Brock Vandegrift, he can become what Justin Fields never really got a chance to do at Georgia. And, you know, hopefully he'll be starting quarterback for a couple seasons. It'll be interesting to see how he does against JT Daniels in a quarterback competition. JT Daniels could still, he could still uh, declare for the NFL draft, and he's a five-star recruit himself. He was actually third-ranked in that class at the quarterback position behind Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. In terms of somebody who's going to play right away, I could see Zavian Sori playing right away. You know, he committed to Georgia today over Florida, and Georgia's got a lot of talented linebackers, but we, we need somebody to plug and play right away.
0: Man, Jermaine Johnson's gone right too, so that's one we're leasing.
1: He's in the transfer portal. He's a senior, so he could, he could transfer. He could go to the NFL. I think he put together a solid season. It was surprising to see him end up in the portal. But um, I think Sori could really provide some speed at the linebacker position. He's got good size. He can re- kind of replace what Monty Rice has been and line up there next to Kobe Dean and really wreak havoc on uh, opposing offenses in the SEC.
0: I know we had signed six of the seven top recruits in Georgia, but we had some really good out-of-state guys as well, some top recruits in other states. Who are those, and, and you know, what are the importance of signing guys like those, you think?
1: Yeah, so is kind of continuing to do the California connection. We got Brock Bowers in this class. Four-star tight
0: end, Brock Bowers, yeah, 6'3", 225.
1: Yeah, big guy, and we got Jamon Dumas-Johnson from St. Francis Academy, really good program up in Maryland, another linebacker. He's got a lot of speed, versatile athlete. You know, one of, one of the things I notice with just recruits in general these days is they're just such versatile athletes. They play multiple positions and coaches like guys who can line up anywhere in the field and, you know, play multiple positions and not, not feel uncomfortable.
0: And Tyrion Ingram Dawkins at six foot five, 300 pound four-star defensive tackle. He's from South Carolina, right? I think the number one recruit in South Carolina.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big, big signing because he was considering Clemson to amp, but mostly South Carolina. And it's, you know, it's always good to get a big signing away from an SEC East rival like that. And Georgia's just established themselves throughout the SEC and the country as one of the top recruiting programs. And it's not easy to take somebody from the state of South Carolina, right, in Clemson's backyard. You know, Gaffney, that's only only about an hour from Clemson. So great signing. And, you know, he's another defensive tackle, defensive end. He could be a 3-4 defensive end, too. I'd expect them to be in the mix for getting playing time right away next season.
0: I like it, man. Thank you for coming on with us and breaking it down a little bit. It was a busy day, a lot going on, but I appreciate your time, James. Thanks, man.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Have a good one.
0: So, of course, big thanks to James there for coming on, helping us out, break things down. Um, It was a very busy day. So these these recruits were coming in, you know, every 30 minutes, another guy was signing. Um, so we were just kind of all there to take it in, really. We don't know exactly where we're going to go from the 2021 class on right now, what other additions we'll be looking for, because there's still time to sign, of course. But just looking right now, the Future's Bright is a great class we have in right now, guys. Um, I love Brock Vandergriff. I love Amarius Mims, um, Smile Mondon, and Xavier Sori. These guys are going to be racking up tackles for the Bulldogs for years to come. That's just how you have to put it. I mean, there's no other doubt about that. These guys are so athletic. Story really reminds me of Rokon Smith coming out of high school because Rokon's story was, you know, of course we flipped him in the last signing day. But his speed coming out of high school was so great at the linebacker position that it just translated to when he put on pounds he was one of the best tacklers we had because he just goes sideline to sideline. And that's what I could see happening with Sori. So excited to get him in. And really all the other guys. I mean, there's not one bad signing in this class. All these guys from Talented that they can play. So excited to see them next year and moving forward. Before I get into dogs in the NFL and the spread versus JC, let's talk Georgia at Missouri. So the Dogs got the win in Columbia, forty nine to fourteen. Really a dominant game for the Bulldogs who went up. 14 and 0 early, thanks to in part by you know Eric Stokes interception on the Tigers' first drive that helped a bit. We did stall a bit in the second quarter and got a punt blocked, which helped Mizzou tie up at 14. That's when Georgia drove 75 yards and six plays in just 43 seconds, put it in the end zone and went up 21-14 at the half. So, really the story at the half was Georgia was dominating the first quarter parts of the second, but then Missouri just had that blocked punt and then stopped Georgia, I think, one time um, on third down, and then that was it for the quarter. So from that point on, it was all Georgia. So JT Daniels, once again, just what we needed at signal caller, especially on third down. You know Georgia went on to score 35 unanswered points in the second half. JT Daniels, especially on third down, was amazing. I mean, 5 of 7 on third down for 120 yards, two touchdowns, against a Missouri team that led the SEC in third-down defense. Daniel's final stat line was 16 of 27 for 299 yards and three touchdowns. George Pickens was a monster. I mean, he's so talented. When we throw it to him in single coverage, it's always good things happen. You know, it's frightening, really, for opposing defenses. It has to be. Five catches, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. Jermaine Burton, five catches, 38 yards. And then one of the storylines for me, Darnell Big O, Washington, two catches for 61 yards. I think he had a long of 37. I know Dog Nation was excited to see Big O get some love here, and I was for sure. I mean, he was targeted three times, recorded a career high, two catches for 61 yards. Over a Missouri defender on one of those catches, the the 37-yard catch, he just completely mossed a Missouri defender, which I think really showed how dominant of a receiver he can be. I mean he's he's mostly been an inline blocker at tight end this season, a freshman. He's a five star athlete. I mean he's six at six seven, two eighty, there's just no one who can match up on him. So look for Monkin and JT Daniels to get him more looks, hopefully moving forward. Of course, the real story here is Georgia run game, which I said on the show last week was poised for a big day. You know, the Tigers have issues stopping the run. Um, it was no different against the Bulldogs. Georgia's O line just has dudes and number two let's not forget UGA is running back you okay running back university and it's not even close so let's not forget it four different running backs scored a touchdown versus the tigers zamir zeus white had a big day 12 carries 126 yards and a touchdown Dejon edwards the freshman had his breakout day had 11 carries 103 yards and a touchdown And that touchdown was fun to see because you could see just how much his teammates think about him by how they celebrated his score. And then Kenny McIntosh, 11 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown. And then lastly, James Cook, who had six carries for 44 yards and a touchdown, but then also caught one for 37 yards too. Great performance from the backs in this one. Uh, We'll run through the stats real quick. Total offense, UGA had 615 and Missouri's 200. UGA led the passing battle, two hundred ninety-nine to one seventy-eight. Rushing, UGA had three hundred sixteen yards, Missouri twenty-two. First downs, UGA twenty-eight, Missouri eleven. And on third down, UGA eight of thirteen, Missouri of three of eleven. On defense, we got to see Jordan Davis get his first snap since an elbow injury at Kentucky in October, and I think he played well. It was a big part of that twenty-two yards rushing total. That Missouri had as a defense we totaled seven tackles for a loss two quarterback hurries one sack by Nolan Smith three pass breakups an interception by Eric Stokes who leads the team with four picks this season two of those were pick sixes and our leading tackler once again safety Lewis seen who had four stops So it was a great day to be a Georgia Bulldog on Saturday. We covered, the total went over, which I both called those on the show last week. So there's a W there. Um, but now we're on to Vanderbilt, or what we thought was Vanderbilt, right? So if you don't know, the Bulldogs were supposed to play Vanderbilt in a postponed matchup that was originally scheduled for December 5th. We're supposed to play them this week, December 19th. But because of more positive COVID testing, that put the Commodores you know, underneath the roster minimum requirements by the SEC, they had to cancel. And then UGA has been looking for opponents to replace Vanderbilt, and reports have come out by both um, A.D. Greg McGarrity and Coach Kirby Smart saying they were looking for another opponent. But today, Wednesday, UGA announced that they weren't able to find another opponent for this weekend, Really disappointing, not only just for fans and businesses in Athens who rely on game days for revenue stream, but for this senior class. These guys from the 2017 recruiting class are the winningest class in Georgia football history, and, you know, they deserved a chance to say goodbye to Sanford and their teammates and the Georgia family and the program, but A.D. Greg McGarrity say they will try to honor the seniors in a different way, but we know it won't be the same. So the Bulldog season is over at 7 and 2 after 9 SEC games. Now we wait for a bowl bid. Hopefully the New Year's 6, which would probably be the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, but we'll find out for sure next week after championship weekend shakes out. Now on to dogs in the NFL, my top performing Bulldogs from NFL Week 14 action. So, Browns running back Nick Chubb, once again the MVP of the UGA Football Live, Dogs in the NFL. He has to be. He's at the top of my list every week. Congratulations, Nick. It's it's really awesome to see him playing so well. What a great guy. I mean, come on. Chubb rushed for 17 times for 82 yards and two touchdowns in a close loss to the Ravens. Chiefs wide receiver Miko Hardman, three catches for 40 yards and a 67-yard punt return touchdown in a win versus the Dolphins. Lions running back DeAndre Swift came back from a concussion that has held him out for a few weeks. I guess they were just being safe with him, which is good. Anyway, seven carries for 24 yards and a touchdown and four receptions for 26 yards. Joining him in that game, his quarterback, Lions quarterback, Matthew Stafford, 24 of 34 for 244 yards and a touchdown, but he was sacked four times and a loss to the Packers. Bears linebacker Roquan Smith 12 tackles, two sacks, Rokon ranks fourth in the league in total tackles and first in solo tackles with 85. Rams linebacker Leonard Floyd had four tackles and a half sack and a win over the Patriots. He's having an awesome season this year. Colts kicker Rodrigo Blankenship rounds out Dogs NFL for us this week. He went three for three with a long of 35 yards and five of five on extra points and a win over the Raiders. And if you don't know yet, so Blankenship actually set the rookie scoring record for points in the Colts organization on Sunday with his performance. And Hot Rod is trying to win the vote in the Pro Bowl to represent the AFC as a kicker. So please go on and vote for him. You can do that on Twitter by retweeting his tweet that has that scoring record on it. It has hashtag Pro Bowl vote. So make sure to retweet anything with that on and it gives him a vote for the Pro Bowl. And we all want to see that, right? now on to spread versus jc so in my weekly trek to find success versus a spread i have five new picks for this weekend's college football slate i have finally eked out a three and one record to make it 20 and 19 versus a spread heading into championship weekend let's go i started zero and five that was horrible it was ridiculously funny but it was also horrible it set me back so far but i have clawed my way back brick by brick they make it 20 to 19 so this week's picks are northwestern versus ohio state in the big 10 championship osu's minus 20 and a half that's a lot of points but ohio state is going to win by a billion so it doesn't matter oklahoma versus iowa state in the big 12 championship oklahoma is minus five and a half i like oklahoma to win this but iowa state definitely covers here Clemson versus Notre Dame in the ACC championship. Clemson is minus 10 and a half. This is interesting to me because, you know, Clemson is playing Notre Dame, who Notre Dame at home beat Clemson earlier in the season without Trevor Lawrence, of course. Notre Dame has a good defense, so I think that's why the line is only 10 and a half right now. But I really think Clemson just balls out here and completely destroys Notre Dame. We all know how Notre Dame has issues in big games. I don't think this is going to be any different Especially because it is a postseason game, and Notre Dame does not like those at all. So, Clemson Balls out there. Next is Louisiana Lafayette versus Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt Championship. Coastal Carolina is minus three and a half, but they're going to win by at least a touchdown. Give me Coastal there. Go Chandeliers. Is that how you say it? Is it Candeliers? I don't know. They're chickens. Alabama versus Florida SEC Championship. Bama is minus seventeen. Bama by at least a billion and a half. I mean, whatever Ohio State beats Northwestern by is is double that in the Alabama Florida game because I think Alabama and Mac Jones are just going to go off on Florida, which will be really nice to see. There will not be one tear shed here. That's all I know. So those are the picks, and with that, that's the show for this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. No dogs this weekend, remember, but I will be back next week to talk about the bowl season as we should know where the Bulldogs will be headed by then. As always, you can find us at UGAWire.com and at UGA Football Live on Twitter. Me, I'm at J underscore Shelton underscore. Until next week, stay safe. Go dogs. Tyler Simmons was on sides.